Supergirl Radio Rebirth, your source for the DC comic series called Supergirl Rebirth. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss and review Supergirl number 19, which was written by Steve Orlando and Vita Ayala, with art penciled, inked, and colored by Jamal Campbell. The description for this issue reads, quote, In his search to write a Catco piece on the truth about Supergirl, Ben Rubel interviews a young kid named Lee Serrano, who recently became friends with the Girl of Steel. As Lee struggles with their parents and bullies at school for acceptance as non-binary, Supergirl is caught between punching her way through the problem and standing beside Lee as a symbol of hope, unquote. So, uh, Morgan, in this issue, we're still dealing with the fallout of National City, finding out that Cyborg Superman is Supergirl's father. It's It's been a while since we've uh, read some Rebirth. <laughs> so that's the context of this issue, is that uh, National City is feeling a little betrayed by the, the knowledge that Cyborg Superman is Supergirl's father. So we're kind of still dealing with that. Uh, so what did you think about Supergirl and this new character, Lee's friendship, and how that changes the perception? of Supergirl for the city. You know what? I liked this issue a lot more than I've liked um, some of them in the in the past. And I think it's because it was telling a smaller story. I feel like one of my issues with Rebirth is that it's a lot of like, run, 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 go, go, go. <laughs> Who's this character? Should I know this character? Wait, why is it? They're, oh, oh, they're gone already? That's cool. Somebody's got a hand. Somebody doesn't have a hand. Everyone's made of bones. It's like, uh, listen, I like, uh, I like a fast paced, but sometimes Rebirth is so fast paced. I'm like, what is even happening anymore? And uh, this uh, this issue, I was going to call it an episode, but this this episode of Rebirth <laughs> uh, just really felt like a nice, small, self-contained story. It was it wasn't trying to introduce us to twenty five different characters, and I didn't have to think that I like I didn't have to feel like I had to like Google search and see if they were some sort of weird. Uh, DC comic character that I've never heard of but that had like been mentioned once like in the 50s or something Mm -hmm. like it was just a small story about um, Lee and about Supergirl and about sort of their connection with each other and how Supergirl was helping people on a like a a human person to person level versus you know fighting a giant monster in the sky and you know destroying National City's property values um so I, I liked this one a lot more than I've liked some of them in the past. Also, gotta say, doesn't hurt that Director Bones was in this. Like, we got a little Director Bones. I think it's on page, I'm looking at it now, on page five, our first, like, it's almost like the first, like, almost the first page of the the issue. And Director Bones is literally just staring at the framed <laughs> photo the framed news article about director bones being evil like literally just staring at it just took it off the wall is staring at it and then the phone rings like it's not like he was like no no i have to see that i have to consult this for some reason this is just what he's doing in his office on his spare time (laughs) i am going to get this this these two panels framed and then i'm gonna stare at them in my office I know what to get you for your birthday. I know what to get you for your birthday now. Um, That specific panel, when I read the issue for the first time, I was like, oh, Morgan is going to love this. 
I I had to stop and like take a deep breath. I was so happy. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's some really quality director bones uh, stuff here, and I I think I might save some of my director bones stuff for when we talk about the art. But yeah, that panel was uh, high quality director bones, <laughs> and uh, it's really just hitting all the levels for me on director bones content. Uh, but yeah, I would agree with you about the. Uh, the Lee storyline with Supergirl, it brought it down to a personal level. We we have seen all these big fights and all these characters, like you mentioned, uh, but this was actually a chance for Supergirl to connect with someone in National City on a, a one-to-one level and actually uh, spend time with someone. Uh, Supergirl hangs out with Lee a lot. They become friends. Um, Supergirl and Lee talk about both of their situations and sort of relate to each other on the hard times in their lives and how they go about handling some of that. Uh, There's a mention that Supergirl remembered who Lee was after the first time that Supergirl saved Lee. Uh, I think on one of the pages it says, uh, but next time I, I saw her, she smiled, said hi. There was no way she remembered me, right? So it's a big deal that Supergirl remembers who Lee is and uh, Supergirl stops to check in and ask how Lee is doing and they they hang out, you know, on these cliffs and and uh, rooftops together. And so it's a, it's a really good uh, glimpse into Supergirl's compassion. We hear that talked about a lot with her motto, hope, help, and compassion. And I think this was a great story to really showcase that about how Supergirl can connect to another person just by being a, being around and being there for them when they're going through uh, a tough time. And what I liked about this issue in particular is it was about how Supergirl was helping Lee, but at the same time, Lee was also uh, concerned that and maybe uh, relieved that their their connection, their friendship would also help Supergirl because Supergirl is also going through a tough time with everyone in the city distrusting her and feeling betrayed. And so I think that they really found common ground and became friends through their uh, through all the things that they were going for. And this is one of the things that I wish that the show would do more. Uh, I, I don't want to uh, necessarily bring the show into the comic book discussion, but Rebirth is actually giving me through this issue what I wish that the show would do. So I am really grateful that even though I have had some issues with Rebirth in some some of the beginning, this issue I, I think really hit what what I would want out of a Supergirl story. Yeah, I agree. I I wish that the show. I mean, I feel like we get little bits and pieces of it on the show. I'm thinking about the uh, the episode with the dragon, the little girl, yeah. like what was it, her lizard that turns into a dragon. Yes. Um, but I feel like you can, it, not everything has to be a worldwide threat or like, you know, something on that big scale where it's Supergirl against aliens or Supergirl against, you know, this, this bigger threat. It can just be as small as Supergirl having a one-on-one connection with a person and sort of reaching them that way. And I feel like you're right. We don't see that a whole lot on the show. We don't see Supergirl have like one-on-ones with just regular people. I think that's why for me, this was such a, like a breath of fresh air because you know, she she does. She spends a lot of time with Lee. They talk about what's going on in Lee's home life and uh, at their school. And and I think that's sort of um, a little bit of that has been missing, both from Rebirth, I think, up until this point. And also, you know, in, in the show itself, I mean, we just don't get 
these kind of small personal Supergirl stories, which I really like. Yeah, I really liked it too. And I, I liked that it it showed how Supergirl was being a really good friend. You know, spending that time with Lee, uh, offering to to be there just as someone to have a sounding board to bounce things off of. And Lee mentions that, you know, Supergirl didn't have all the answers, but listen to me talk and we, we shared things with each other. And uh, I thought it was great that... Um, even though Supergirl didn't have the answers, didn't tell Lee, hey, you know, everything's going to magically be okay, it gave those conversations and that friendship gave Lee the strength to, to talk um, to, to Mama and Papa as referenced in the story. And I liked that not only Supergirl, uh, that not only was Supergirl the friend that Lee needed, Cara Danvers sort of shows up in the the diner or the restaurant while, <laughs> while Lee is is there and uh, Cara Danvers checks in on Lee and it's not just Supergirl so I, I really liked seeing this side of Supergirl because uh, it, it showed what it is to be a good friend you know sometimes sometimes people just want someone to hear them out sometimes people just want you to be there for them and just have someone to to listen to them and I think uh, it was it was neat to see that side of Supergirl that she was willing to put in that time. You know, she's got a lot of other things going on, a lot of other other uh, things that she could be doing. But she she thought that Lee was someone who needed her <clears throat> in that respect. And so it's not just her using her superpowers to save people; it's using her compassion and her ability to be a good friend. So I really like that a lot. Yeah, and I think to your point too. I think Lee says. Uh, I don't know what exactly what page this is on, but Lee says, uh, you didn't speak over me. Uh, you didn't speak over me either or for me. And I think that's super important in this issue as well. Like Supergirl, like you said, she doesn't tell Lee that, hey, I'm going to fix all of your problems for you because she knows she really can't. I think that's also um, important in a story like this where you have somebody who has, you know, is uh, like a marginalized identity. Lee comes out as non-binary to their parents and it's getting bullied and school i think the idea of you know instead of like just ask people what they need from you versus like thinking that you know and have all the answers and i think you know i have supergirl who's got all of these powers say well you know i don't actually have all the answers for you and i don't know exactly your experience like i come from you know krypton and things were you know not always great for me there so i can empathize but i can't relate to you on a one-to-one but i can be there and listen to you and i can support you i think that was really great in this issue yeah, Lee says something about uh, having freeze breath and shooting lasers out of your eyes is cool, but believing in me, having my back, that's what I needed. Uh, sometimes standing by our side as a symbol of hope is all we need. And I think this was a sort of a throwback. It reminded me of the end of Superman the Animated Series. And if you've never seen it, uh, at the end of that show, Superman has done some bad things, or at least done some things that he was not totally in control of because he was being controlled by dark side and so he needs to rebuild the the trust between him and the people of earth as well and so uh, i can't remember the exact dialogue but i think uh, lois asks him something about uh how are you going to do that and he says you know one person at a time and so i think that this is kind of how supergirl is going about it and i don't think she's intentionally 
going out saying, well, I'm going to connect with this person to help me rebuild my trust in the people. I think I think she's just doing this because she cares about people. I don't think she's doing it with the intention of trying to win back the city. But what's cool about it is that by being a good friend to Lee, Lee writes this story in the CatCo app, and this becomes uh, a way that uh, attracts the attention of Ben Rubel. And then Ben shares the story and writes, you know, another uh, story that ends up, you know, it kind of snowballs into this pro Supergirl story that helps people see another side of her after all of the shenanigans with her father. So I think that it's it's a neat way to show that. Sometimes an act of kindness or, you know, being there for somebody that can pay it forward and and have a positive outcome for for someone else. And so I I really liked getting to see, you know, just a positive story about uh, someone being there for someone else. So I thought I think Supergirl is a good character to um, display those types of stories. You have this sort of the story of Lee being bullied, which um, we see a lot in like, you know, high school kind of stories it's pretty the the bully is always a character i feel like but um i did like that they even they even kind of humanized the bully a little bit and um you know showed that he was probably lashing out because his parents were going through a divorce and he was you know going through a hard time and then of course he bullies his other friends so it's not he's not perfect either it's they don't like they don't have it they don't tie it off with a like a bow and have um, the bully and Lee become like besties or anything. But he, I think when Lee finally stands up and says like, Hey, I get that you're going through some hard stuff, but that doesn't give you the right to treat me badly. He kind of backs off and is like, yeah, whatever, fine. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, something that I always try to keep in mind too, is that if somebody is kind of lashing at you, uh, lashing out at you, or is being mean to you, that it might be because something's going on in their lives that's causing them to do that. Um, I, I find that to be the case uh, quite a bit in my life. And so I try to keep that in mind when I'm dealing with other people. Like maybe they're not having a great day. Maybe they're having trouble at home. And I think that, uh, like, you, like to your point, they did humanize this Chuck character who was bullying people. And it was uh, you know, he did have some stuff that he was going through. And so I, I think it was uh, good of Lee to recognize that um, and to to understand that even he was having troubles and even probably Chuck needed a friend. So I think what I took away from this issue is that, you know, even if you think somebody's got it all together, even if uh, they don't portray themselves as needing a friend, people people always need somebody to listen to and to talk to and and to kind of be there for them no matter what they're going through. So uh, I really liked that about uh, the way they used uh, Lee and Supergirl's story. That was a really good uh, parallel uh, using sort of the idea that you can't really ever know what anybody is going through. And, And sort of as it sort of points to, you know, how the whole city was sort of turning on her for that revelation about cyborg superman but they don't they didn't really understand the backstory between behind it either so it's the uh idea the you know not judging a book by its cover idea the uh everybody is fighting their own battles kind of concept and i i like that we got a couple of like small personal stories in this one even if like lee's story was the main point like the lee and supergirl's connection there were a couple of like little side stories also, Ben Rubel, uh, is he, he's an intern, correct? <laughs> uh, I believe so, yeah. 
because uh, I was just like, man, he is crushing his internship because they basically put his article up on like a huge billboard in like National City's Times Square. And I was just like, <laughs> well, well done, 16 year old. <laughs> He's taking it super seriously. He's not just getting coffee. He is doing it. He is going to impress Cat Grant. Yeah. <laughs> Cat Grant probably expects him to do that kind of thing. <laughs> Cat Grant is like, this is a, this is the level, this is my minimum <laughs> <laughs> that I expect from you, is to be on the, the Times Square billboard. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point that he, he really, you know, he puts in the time. He meets Lee and uh, interviews Lee, and I, I did think it was interesting that I was Maybe this is a weird thing to point out, but uh, there's a there's a panel that shows Ben recording video of Lee, but like in portrait mode. And I was really <laughs> confused why all of that was happening, because one, if it was just an interview, wouldn't you just do audio? And then two, if you were doing video, why portrait mode? Why would you do that? Give me a good 16 by 9 aspect ratio. <laughs> so I just thought those were all terrible choices. But somehow he got the story and he made it work. And he got up on that uh, Times Square billboard. So good for Ben. Well, I mean, maybe it was uh, exclusive to the CatCo app. In which case, I guess the vertical would be the right aspect ratio if you were watching it on your phone <laughs> yeah maybe for instagram yeah you know i guess i guess the the, the square aspect ratio I guess, I guess uh maybe that maybe that was his end goal when he was recording he was like i'm gonna put this on you know this is going up on insta so i gotta do that so yeah that that just bugged me because i was like why are why i was question questioning all of ben's choices so i just zoomed in on his big billboard and it's called catco stories and now i like to think that catco has its own like instagram stories <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe anything is possible that would make so much sense about all of uh what ben is doing here uh because he could be i mean if, as an intern i'm just speculating but maybe he could be doing things that are more social media app related uh that are just kind of um maybe not the the big 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 stories but you know telling personal stories like this i could see uh, that, that that would work for social media and Instagram. I, I, I can see that. Yeah. And speaking of Ben Rubel, I thought it was interesting that even though we got this new character of Lee, we got more information about Ben. He's still got kind of a rocky relationship with his parents, and he's having a tough time trusting Supergirl. And I I thought that um, it was interesting that, that Ben, who has gone through, you know, the Phantom Zone with Supergirl— even he is having trouble with what went down with Supergirl. And even Lee, who comes to write this story and uploads it to uh, the CatCo app and becomes actual friends with Supergirl, was like, yeah, before I met her, you know, I was having a tough time with it, too. And I just thought, well, y'all did not have really, you know, I don't know how, what the level of trust was with Supergirl before that because she was doing all this good stuff. That is a good point. I mean, come on, Ben. Why, why were you doubting Supergirl? I can, like, understand, like, just the random people in National City not really being like, oh, Supergirl did this. But, like, he knows Supergirl. They're not, like, besties or anything. But, like, they've been through some stuff together. you think that she would get the benefit of the doubt. When they were in the Phantom Zone, they uh, encountered Psy as a dragon. You would think <laughs> that would put a little trust in that relationship. You would. I mean, that's just how I would go about it. But I, I do think that it, it's neat to have 
the story approach the doubt and the mistrust in the beginning and then using Lee's story to build that back up and it even builds it back up for Ben as well. So I, I really liked seeing that. Um, well, and uh, so we mentioned Director Bones. So Director Bones is having some uh, DEO squabbles with Cameron Chase and uh, Kryptonian werewolf Lauren, uh, who looks just like they're, they just look like they're chilling in that awesome car. They're just straight chilling. So um, what did you think about uh, the, the stuff that Director Bones was uh, going through? So Director Bones is obviously my, my favorite character. He's got a lot going on. He's not in it much, but he makes a big <laughs> impression. <laughs> also, can I say that I love, uh, we have my two favorite characters in these two in these two pages because Laurent is also there uh look look and fly but also uh, completely uninterested in what's happening <laughs> uh, <laughs> just doesn't care at all on page six in the topmost panel uh Cameron Chase is like having this whole thing out with director bones where she's like you know they, like you're you're working with bad people and 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 meanwhile Lauren is literally Sunny's on, looking out the window, uh, <laughs> thinking about full moons and stuff. I don't know, like thinking about like galloping through a forest, like majestically. He does not care about anything that's happening. Well, and that that part really isn't uh, for him, I guess. His his big thing <laughs> is he's just helping Cameron Chase on their little little adventures. I don't guess he has much invested in this whole story, but he is <laughs> helping her. Uh, accomplish her goals so i guess he i guess it makes sense that he's a little disinterested yeah i mean he is a good wingman in that he's like he's there to help out but he just doesn't care a whole lot (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that's that's a good point that the art does do a good job illustrating the fact that he's he's just he's he's literally there just for the ride he's along for the ride meanwhile director bones is crushing it um (laughs) i love all the director bones here First off, the tie is amazing. It's <laughs> it's blue, and it's just got little stars on it. So I like that while Director Bones is being evil, he can also be whimsical. I think that's important. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to have that sort of sense of fashion about you. Yeah, he could just be a boring, like, DEO agent who wears just, like, a solid black tie or just some sort of solid color. But he did go for a little whimsical tie. I also like they, so they have at one point, like director bones, like has his hands in front of his face. And we cut to like a, a panel of Cameron and we cut back and it's just like a close up of director Bones's eye hole. Like, like it, for a normal thing, it would be like the zoom into the eyes, like he's like furrowing his brow, but he's really only like furrowing his bone, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is really great. Also, I'm gonna start. Um, I'm gonna start ending every com- every one of my phone v- conversations with um, goodbye. See you in hell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Director Bones was not having it with Cameron Chase, and he definitely ha- hangs up on her. It's like. Click. Click. So, so he says, see you in hell. Click. It seems like he, he talks through the phone by, like, hitting, like, a little button on his desk, which it, it doesn't look like it's an – maybe it's, like, the phone. Maybe he's, like, putting it on speaker. But I just – I just, like, I have to say respect in, in today's smartphone error – 
there's not there's it's not the same satisfaction as hanging up an actual phone <laughs> when, when you just like angrily stab that little button on your on your screen you're like take that as opposed to like when you like used to be able to like slam the phone down so i think that he got like the best of both worlds by being able to click that button like that was like a very satisfying click for him i could tell he's so dramatic director bones he's just he's really going for the the drama here because i mean there is a lot of drama drama because cameron chase has something on the line she's trying to find shea veritas so it's a big deal but uh director bones thinks he has the upper hand so he's uh he's trying to use it uh so that's a good point about his phone <laughs> um so let's talk about the art since we've talked a little bit about uh, you you make a really good point about the uh close-up of director bones's <laughs> eye hole because he does he, he doesn't have a, a uh an eye there it's just blackness so uh that is a good point about how how they showcase <laughs> the skeleton is uh a skeleton ness of director bones so were there any other panels or or pages that you thought were particularly uh um were standouts in this issue well we've talked about my new favorite um comic book panel of all time which is on page five where director bones is in an empty office just staring at a a framed (laughs) photo (laughs) of a newspaper article about director bones i mean that is that is uh chef's kiss that is art of the highest (laughs) order uh and that was and that was referenced in an earlier issue of rebirth so this is him going back to the fact that he has that in his office. So we're, we're getting that a second time around. <laughs> Callbacks. It's a, a, a amazing callback. Um, but I did like a lot of the art in this issue. I think um, the coloring in this issue, I think, was also really pretty. Like um, when Supergirl is talking to Lee on those like the random bluffs that they found somewhere. <laughs> suddenly they were in the city and then suddenly they're just on the on a bluff looking at like a a uh, cruise ship or something in the distance. I was like, how did they, what? Where did they go? <laughs> I like to think that Supergirl just has like a bunch of like really pretty like scenery as spots that she goes to think. And she's like, Lee, do you want to talk it out? I'm going to take you to the bluffs. And Lee's like, excuse me, what? And then like before, <laughs> and then suddenly they're there. She probably has places scouted out. I think she's got a, like really cinematic places that she likes to like be deep in thought, but it, I think it's on page 11 but i like the lighting it seemed like it was um maybe sunset or they were at, they were on at golden hour or something but uh I, I liked the way that that those panels were set up yeah there's another really good one on page 18 where they're overlooking the city and uh, i think your point to the uh the sun the way that the sun is depicted in this issue there's a lot of really great uh, just kind of subtle hint, hints of the sunlight and how the sun impacts uh, the view of the city. And I, I really did did enjoy that. So I, I do like the, the idea that the art is showing what it would be like to be Supergirl, where you could fly up on the top of these buildings or these bluffs and, and just hang out and talk to a, <laughs> to a friend. <laughs> uh, for, for me, that would be a little weird and very difficult and scary and terrifying. But for Supergirl, that's not a big deal. So I did like that this issue really uh, highlighted that in the art. Yeah, respect to Lee, because I think I would have been freaking out, especially when they were up on that like high... Uh, whatever they were on overlooking the city looks like a like a honestly like a trunk of a suitcase or something it sort of <laughs> does look like that doesn't it it's like a giant suitcase trunk right way up in the sky uh, but lee was 
seem completely calm about it, I would have been just quietly sobbing. So, uh, like, respect. That was That's way too high. You can see way too many very tall buildings from there. <laughs> yeah, that does uh, emphasize how Lee didn't really have any fear. But I guess once you get to know Supergirl, there is a little bit of trust there. Like, if I fall, she's going to catch me, so I don't have to worry about it. So I guess there there would be some some of that. Um, in terms of the art, for me also, uh, we we did mention some of the way uh, ways Director Bones was depicted here in this issue, and I do like page five is so good because it's just <laughs> there's just so much Director Bones stuff in here. Uh, the first thing I want to point out is that Director Bones doesn't really have any decoration in his office there's it's like bare (laughs) bare bones just a desk a phone nothing on the walls so i guess it does really make that stand out that he has that picture frame of himself uh that that would be his only decoration in the office and i also like the way that the artist uh drew and colored the lighting coming from the wind like the the window blinds, how the the sun kind of comes through and makes stripes on Director Bones's head. I, <laughs> I thought that was a, a neat touch using the lighting there to to show what that would look like if it was hitting Director Bones. Uh, so that I really really enjoyed, and I guess uh, I I did like the uh, the ending on page twenty one as well, where it shows. Uh, all these characters that we've interacted with in this issue, Chuck, Eliza, Lee's parents, Cat Grant, Director Bones, and all of them, read, even Kara, reading Ben's story. And I sort of liked how that, that visually showed how each of those characters was impacted by what was going on in this issue and what was going on uh, uh, in terms of how they were impacted by um, Ben's story about Supergirl. So I I liked having that uh, connection to the characters along with uh, what was actually being spoken in the the dialogue. So I I thought it was a a great way to lay that out. Um, Yeah, so uh, do we have any overall thoughts on uh, this issue, issue number 19 of Rebirth? Uh, I liked this one a lot. I thought that this was a really strong issue um, of Rebirth. And I liked the, um, first off, I liked Director Bones. The more Director Bones we get, the more I like it. Yes. Uh, but I also liked that it was a smaller, more personal story that where you got to see Supergirl really make a difference in the life of somebody that's just in National City, just kind of by being there for them. I think that's a nice Supergirl story to tell. Yeah, I enjoyed that as well. It's it's nice to see that Supergirl doesn't have to use her superpowers to help save someone and help inspire someone. And uh, it's a good reminder that uh, we can all be Supergirl because we can all be a good friend to somebody. Um, I enjoyed this issue because uh, it tied a lot of things uh, from the past into this kind of, it feels like this is a little bit of a a new chapter for Rebirth because uh, we, we got through the whole first 18 issues with the, the buildup of uh Kara and Ben and all the things that were going on there. And so this this feels like it's kind of uh, pushing us in a new direction of, of story. And so I liked that it mentioned Cyborg Superman. It, it mentioned Emerald Empress and Tycho and even showed Supergirl as a Red Lantern. So it's tying some of these things from the past and rebirth and even in the history of Supergirl with the Red Lantern business and sort of uh, helping us connect all of those dots. So I really, really liked that. Um, I did think it was interesting that we um, uh, got these references to National City as the National, 
anytime we talk about National City in the future, just FYI, I'm going to call it the National just so I can feel like a local national city citizen. <laughs> you know the national. You know. I mean, Supergirl's just hanging around in the national. Do you want to go to the national this weekend? Uh, there's some cool things going on in the national. Uh, so <laughs> I'm, de- I'm definitely going to start uh, referring to it as such because that's that's the way the locals talk about it. I feel like we need to be as accurate as possible. Yeah, so I think that's all of my thoughts for Supergirl 19. Uh, so I think that's going to wrap up our discussion. But uh, if you've already picked up this issue, make sure to give it a rating in Comixology or your DC Comics app. And if you haven't bought it yet, Supergirl number 19 is available in the DC Comics app, the Comixology app, as well as Comixology.com, Google Play, the Nook Store, Amazon, and at ReadDCEntertainment.com. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can you can post a comment on our website at SupergirlRadio.com. You can email us at SupergirlRadio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252 and make sure to write and call in before Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the show. Uh, we're also on Radio Public and Podchaser. We are listed on DC's fan page, where you can find that at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. We are available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio, so if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. And if you need links to any of those things that I just mentioned, you can go to supergirlradio.com and find them all on the right side of the page. And now we throw it over to Ashley for the DC TV plugs. If Supergirl Radio fills your heart with glee, then follow the network for DC TV. Don't fail this city, you've got to hear Quiver, where Amanda and Mike will always deliver. Then run along and check out The Flash. Andy and friends made quite the splash. Don't forget the legends like they all forgot Rip. These ladies would never jax you to the time ship. Then join Clement and Nate in the incredible Brit. For Black Lightning's podcast where we all get lit. We come to iZombie, which is very alive. Except maybe after the end of season 5. Our newest addition to our CW crew is the Batwoman podcast ready for you. We jump over to Sci-Fi, a whole different channel, to check out Krypton way before our bro Kal-El. Then there's DC Universe so we can all stream. The awesome show Titans, we're only summer teens. And if you love the oldies, may I recommend classic DC TV. Honestly, 10 out of 10. That's it, I hope. Please, Andy, good night. But... I would make an exception for Young Justice, all right? Check out DC TV Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Facebook, and Twitter. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at DerbyKid and Instagram at TheDerbyKid. I am also a contributor to Justice League Universe Podcast, where you can find us uh, over at jluniverse.podomatic.com. And I do a little voice acting uh, on a sketch comedy podcast called The Fakest. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-S-T-I-C. I'm also the co-host of the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, which we are planning our um comic-con wrap-up episode where we kind of talk about comic-con there's not a lot of legends news from comic-con because they weren't there but you know what comic-con's fun so we're just going to talk about (laughs) it Uh, and we're going to talk about it when i uh can talk a little better um since i'm still recovering post wisdom teeth surgery yeah there's a lot of stuff coming out of uh comic-con for old legends uh stuff because uh 
Brandon Routh is going to be Superman again. Yeah, that's exciting. That's very exciting. Well, uh, I think that's going to do it for us. So thanks for joining us as we read Supergirl Rebirth. (laughs) 